Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, hello, online campus. Um, If we haven't met, my name is Mary Solis. I am the church online campus pastor. It's been about a couple months full-time, but for the last year, I have just put my heart and soul into this campus. So if you're watching right now, hello, um, and I'm so glad you're part of our online campus. We are starting a new series called Live No Lies. I'm especially excited for this series, um, not because it's like catchy and trendy, but because truly, when I have learned the truth about who I am and who God is, it has like truly changed my life. I have found so much freedom in it. And you know, um, sometimes we hear the word true or truth, not true, but truth. And we hear truth and it's like, ugh, like it's kind of like sharp, right? Like the people that speak the truth, they're like, I speak the truth. And it's like almost like aggressive. But truly Jesus came and he came speaking the truth in grace. So there's so much good that is found in knowing what is true. John 8:32 says this, that um, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So it's such a freeing thing to know the truth. And I think if we can truly take this series and what we learn in this series and apply it to our lives, we will find that freedom, you know? And I always thought people were telling me the truth. Like, gullible, 100% gullible, not as much now as I used to be when I was younger, but I was super gullible. So if you told me, I'm like, yes, 100% that is true. And that was great when it came to like faith. You know what I mean? Like, hey, Jesus died on the cross, rose again for you. He loves you. Okay, that's true, right? Never questioned it. Um, But not so great with other things. (laughs) I'm not going to traumatize any of the kids in the room right now. If you have a kid under the age of 12, Maybe just have them earmuffs, tell them to go get something out of another room. I'm not going to spoil it, but one word, one word. Santa. Santa? Okay, rude awakening for me. (laughs) When I learned the truth about Santa, traumatizing. When I was younger, um, my mom can put in the chat, mom, um, this is a true story. I actually don't know if I've ever told you about this, mom, but... Um, when I was, I don't even actually remember the age that I was, but um, the Easter Bunny was going door to door, right? Bringing gifts. And I thought one year, we need to bless the Easter Bunny. Like (laughs) we give Santa cookies. Why don't we give the Easter Bunny anything? And so I thought, hey, I'm going to give the Easter Bunny a snow globe. Now the snow globe, I'm not talking like, this is not like a nice snow globe. I don't know why, but I just picked this random snow globe. It was like the nativity scene. It was like a little janky plastic one. (laughs) I'm like, be blessed Easter bunny. And I put that out on the porch. I woke up the next day and it was gone, lo and behold. And then there's two baskets of candy. So I was like, yes, the Easter bunny has received my gift. (laughs) Well, I was one day rummaging through my mom's desk, mom, and (laughs) I find that same exact snow globe. Rude awakening, okay? And I'm, I'm telling you, you, like, we're laughing now. In that moment, I was like, nothing in my life <laughs> is true. I don't know what to believe. What about, like, the 90s Disney's movies? Um, I think that Disney movies now, like, there's a little bit of, like, oh, like, that's deep. Like, I'll watch a Disney movie and be like, wow, that is so true for my reality. But when you're younger, there were always, like, these princess movies, the fairy tales. And the message was this. That guy is out there. He will, against all odds, find you. He has no flaw, and you will live happily ever 
after. That's the message that these Disney movies were sending me. And if I thought that that was true, this message was true, that is a harsh reality. When I wake up and realize, mm, maybe that's not really how it is. I love how they always end at the beginning, right? They're like, and happily ever after. I was looking up like how to write a, a fairy tale. In the fairy tale, it said the last thing you do is you always end with a happy ending. And how many of us know that's just not reality? That's not true. But these were the messages that were sent, and were sent many messages from all over. I remember in 2020, there was a point on social media where I was just like, I don't even know what to believe anymore. Everyone was saying what they were saying was true. And I was like, what is going on? I was just confused. I got to the point where I was like, I don't, I'm not even going to try anymore because I just don't even know what to believe. And we're bombarded by so many messages. But the king of messaging is not your neighbor. It's not the president. Send your emails to John. Um, it's not someone that is voting differently than you or looks different than you or um, your spouse. It's, it's not your neighbor. The king of not just messaging, but false messaging, is the enemy, Satan. He is our deceiver. He is not for us. And if we believe the lies that he sends, we will be at war within ourselves because he's lying to us about who we are and he's lying to us about who our neighbors are and, and what their intentions are with us. It says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I came, Jesus came, that they may have life and have it to the full. The enemy would love us to not know what's true about ourselves, and he loves to confuse our neighbor for him. He is the one that's lying to us. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That, that all comes on the heels of being, being told in that letter to how to treat one another. He says, this fight's not against one another. We have a bigger fight. We have a bigger enemy, and it's Satan. It's Satan in our lives. It's the work of the enemy in our lives. And when we believe the lies that he is sending us, we, we respond to that. They take root in our lives. They're like seeds, and they're planted, and they give, um, they give life to behavior. So what we believe about what he says or are the messages we receive becomes how we behave. And so we're going to take some time today to step into Jesus's experience in the wilderness. And here is a time where after 40 days and 40 nights, he has been fasting, he is tired, and he has this interaction with the devil. And all of this interaction, it starts there's like this kind of commonality like in all of them. And they all start with, if you are. Do those words sound familiar? I know that they sound familiar in my life. And they didn't come um, from just anywhere. They come from people around me, people that love me, people that don't love me. But the neighbor is not the source. If you are, maybe you've heard this, if you are a Christian. If you really love me. If you really care about our family, if you really had a purpose. Now, I don't want to oversimplify, you know, these relationships and how complex they can be. But this message is not from our neighbor. This source 
is the enemy and it is an accusation. An accusation and it's an attempt to attack our identity, who we are. We leave if you are conversations wondering about our identity. So we're going to jump in here and you'll see that if you are. Verse 3 through 4. So Matthew 4, verse 3 through 4. During that time, the devil came and said to him. So the devil's coming. This is after 40 days, 40 nights. If you are, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. His response in this moment is so incredible. In this temptation here, this first temptation, it's quick comfort. We know he's not comfortable. <laughs> like, like, have you fasted 40 days, 40 nights in the desert? Like, you're tired, you're hungry. What a temptation. <laughs> hey, just make food right now. You can do it quickly, quick comfort. That's the first temptation we find here. And the lie is this, that what you want is what you need. Can't that be so true in our lives sometimes that we feel like something that we want is actually something that we need? And Jesus' response is this, I don't need food. I need God's truth. And you'll see that in, in, throughout this, this um, experience that he has with the devil in the desert is he's saying the scripture says. And here's the truth, that if we want to fight the temptation in our lives, God's word is the appropriate response. And it's so, it's so frustrating because, you know, so often we um, discredit the Bible, but it is the Bible that we find this anchoring truth for us. His word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. So when you find that temptation to, to quit comfort, that what you want is actually what you need, no, it's not. You can respond with God's truth. But the devil doesn't give up. You know, he just keeps coming. We know this is true in our lives. He just keeps coming. Verse 5 through 7. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are, there it is again, if you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you. And they will hold up with their hands so you don't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. And we find in the second temptation, prove it. Out of all of the temptations here, I find this one the most relatable for me. Prove it. The lie, because you can, you should. Because you can, you should. And, and Jesus' response to that is, I'm not going to put the Lord to the test. And this exchange, it is, it's heavy. It's heavy because what we see here is that the devil is attempting to use what Jesus just used. He just used scripture to defend himself, right? And the devil takes it and says, I'm going to use what you just used to defend yourself as a weapon against you. He attempts to get inside the head of Jesus and confuse him. Isn't this what the enemy does in our lives? I know he's done it in mine. If you've ever been manipulated, if you've ever been gaslit, like if someone's ever gaslighted you, if you've ever suffered mental abuse, you know what's happening here. It's confusing and you're, you're invited to prove it. Prove it. 
when we believe that, it's going to cause us to burn out. We are going to do everything we can. When we believe this lie, we do everything we can to prove it. And it is exhausting. It wears us out. It wears us out. And then one final temptation here. Have you ever um, said no to a bully and they like lash out? You know, it's like you stand up to a bully and the bully's like, they just like want to explode inside, right? And I feel like that's like what kind of happens here. Because what happens next is is the devil kind of like takes a, a sharp turn. He went from kind of like trying to be sneaky to like blatant, outright, like obvious, come follow me instead of Jesus. We'll find it here in verse 8 through 11. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high, oops, sorry, my bad, sorry. Wait, is that right? Yes, okay. Next, the devil took him to a peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you'll kneel down and worship me. Wow. I think if many of us were honest, like let's, let's pause for a minute. He just offered him what he, like that he would answer him, that he would say, hey, you tell me what you want and I'll give it to you. Just worship me. This final temptation, straight up disobedience, straight like obviously blatantly against what it means to follow God and, and, and be a Christian. He's saying, no, come follow me disobedience. And the lie is this, that we can find gratification and satisfaction outside of God's purposes, outside of who God is. Isn't that so true in our lives? You know, if you have kids, you're like, oh, I know it. I've seen disobedience at work, right? Like you have kids and you tell them one thing, they do another. I'm very particular and all credit to my husband. I have an incredible husband. I love him. Shout out. But just saying, I'm particular. And when I say do the dishes, I'm talking about a certain way. And he does not do it that way. <laughs> Disobedient, right? But truly, this disobedience, oh my gosh, when we want something a certain way, right? We want to do something a certain way. And when we're disobedient, we follow our own way. It doesn't matter what we're told. It doesn't matter what's expected of us. It doesn't matter how, how much. Um, it, it's not about following, right? It's about us leading. We want to do our thing. Gosh, how, how true is that in our lives? I think if many of us were offered a quick fix, this easy, quick, instant gratification, think about the thing you want most in this world. What if you could have it right now? And that's what the devil is saying. I'll give it to you right now. I will give you whatever you want right now. Just worship me. It's easier. Matthew 7, verse 13 through 14. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. We are invited. When we follow Jesus, we're invited down a narrow path. And it's a little, it's, it's not a little, it's difficult. It's, there's trouble when we walk down this path, but it leads to life. And here, the devil's saying, take the easy road. Take this easy way, get everything you'll ever want. But the end is not life, it's death. It is the ultimate bait and switch. It's a lie. It is a straight up lie. We know it, and Jesus knew it. It blatantly opposes scripture. 
And we know this, that the devil does not give. The devil doesn't give. He takes. And eventually he would show his true colors and take the life of Jesus. Something they've always said, I've always heard growing up, is sin costs more than you want to pay, and it keeps you longer than you want to stay. These temptations to, to do our own thing and to get the things we want now, gosh, they're, they're, they're within our grasp, right? But there is a price. There is a long-term price. We have to follow him. We have to follow Jesus. So these tactics, these, these lies that, that are offered, which, which one of them is it for you? You know, I know which one resonates most with me, and at times all of them do, but these tactics are like seeds in our heart, and they produce bad fruit. But if we can trust God's truth, know God's truth, know what God says about us, we will produce good fruit. It says in James 1, verse 2 through 4, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Let it grow. For when your endurance is developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Jesus stood his ground. And after standing his ground, after holding tight to the truth of God's word, the enemy left him. The enemy fled. If you know that Jesus is your source, if you know his truth, if you believe the message he sends you and he lives in you, you can stand too. So what are the lies that you believe? I know whenever I first heard a message kind of like this, this message that there are lies in our lives. What? There are things about me that I believe are true that are not true. But when I heard that this was, there was, there was, that was the reality, I was like, okay, well, what is true? And we see time and time again, the scripture says, so what does it say? What are those things? We have to identify them. I hope that you leave this message and you are urgently seeking out the truth and you're urgently looking into God's word. You know, we have virtual Bible studies. We have right now media, a resource where you can learn the truth of God's word. We have regeneration. If you live in the area, we even have some that are in different states. You can find them. So regeneration, you can learn the truth. The truth is accessible to you. But here's a few and I want you to think about maybe which one resonates with you the most. Because these lies are attempts to take us off course. What about the lie, because you failed, you're a failure? Because you failed, you're a failure. It's so normal for us to think that something happened to us is because of us, our identity. Because you failed, you're a failure. Here's the truth. That Romans 8.37 says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us, through Christ. So it's his victory in us. It's not us succeeding or accomplishing. It's him. It's him through Christ who loved us. The lie, another lie, you have no worth. Oh my gosh. This is one of the biggest lies in my life. And when I learned the truth, it truly brought me so much joy, so much peace. Romans 5, 8, but God showed his great love. Another ver version says God demonstrates his love 
for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You don't have worth? What? You're worth the life of Jesus, the perfect life of Jesus. Another lie we believe is we're unwanted or unloved. Oh my gosh, so all the time we feel unloved. Ephesians 1.5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us, to adopt you into his own family. He doesn't just like you, he adopted you by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Another lie, I have no purpose. The truth is, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do good things. He planned for us long ago. We can do good things. We have a purpose. Ephesians, that's Ephesians 2.10. And the last lie that there are specific people watching and you are watching now and you don't even know how you found this. You don't even know why you're watching this because you look at your life and you have done it all. You have made every mistake possible. You have done the unforgivable. Maybe you say things like, I'm too far gone. God doesn't want anything to do with me. I'm unforgivable. These are lies. This is the truth of the gospel. Psalm 86, 5. Oh Lord, you are so good, so ready, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. For all who ask for your help. I want to take a moment as we close this week one of Live No Lies, and maybe that's you. Maybe you hear that and you think, I'm too far gone. You're not. You are not out of his reach. There is nothing you can do to separate yourself from his love for you. So I want to pray for you. If that's you, in your room, wherever you're at, you can just say, just, just be there and just say, God, that's me. I want to pray for you because all you have to do is come. All you have to do is extend, extend your hand and, and ask for his help. He will come and he will come quickly. He will come to you. You're not like too icky for him. And then maybe there's those of you right now and you're watching and you are so burdened, so weighed down by lies. And you're struggling to find what is real, what is true about you, about what God's called you to do. What's your purpose? What's your value? I want to pray for those of you that fall into those categories. Let's pray together today. Lord, I thank you so much for your truth. God, I thank you that you reveal the lies that the enemy has spoken to us. God, you show us the way. Your word is like a light to our path, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. God, when we don't even know where to start, come meet us there. God, help us. I thank you that the people watching right now and they're saying, I'm too far gone. Let them hear this loud and clear. They are not. Because of what you did, they can come to you. You paid the price to know them, to, to bring them freedom. And so God, I pray freedom. I pray freedom for people that are watching right now and freedom for anyone who is struggling to believe the truth, whether it's about themselves or their neighbors or who you are, God. 
God, speak your truth to them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.